You're now listening to the Stronger Inside Podcast, where we break down all things regarding health, fitness, and wellness to help you improve your mind, body, and environment. And now, your host, Wayne, a.k.a. Workout with Wayne, and Ernest, a.k.a. Mr. 100 Pounds Down. All right, welcome back to Stronger Inside Podcast. What's yeah. up, Ernest? What's going on, man? Good, good. I'm good. I'm good. We're going to jump right into this one. Good stuff. So, so today we're going to talk about how alcohol affects your health and fitness goals. All right. We kind of touched on this one once or twice in some previous episodes, but uh, it's time to jump into it, have a full breakdown. This is something that affects everybody, not only, well, not everybody, some people aren't drinkers, but in terms of uh, a majority of people who have goals and they, they want to know how this is affecting them in terms of how much can they drink? What can they drink? What should they drink? You know, how much is too much? And that's really going to play a part into how lean you are. Um, if you are some type of performance athlete, all those things are going to tie into your consumption of alcohol. All right. right. Let's take a look here. So first thing, so do you drink, Wayne? I do. I do. But how, so, how many times a week would you say? Or a month? Maybe if it's not, you know, that consistent. A month. For me, it varies. I'm a a person who kind of, if I have a set goal, like for me, we've talked about previously, if I have goals, fitness goals that I'm setting, mm-hmm. then I can just get really locked in. And then I'm able to kind of block out a lot of stuff to where it is any type of snack food, any type of alcohol or anything like that. And I'm able to kind of just be locked in. But if I don't really have those goals, then I am a little bit more lenient to where I do may have a drink here and there. So for me, it's about kind of what my immediate in the moment goals are, Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do, because I do know that alcohol is going to affect you negatively. And we'll get into that. What about you, Ernest? So for me, I probably have a glass of wine or two, maybe twice a month. So about twice a month. So not really a, a drinker at all. Not really a drinker at all. So yeah, definitely no hard alcohol. I don't have any. I don't keep that in the house. If I'm out or at a party or something like that, then maybe you might have a you know vodka and in orange juice or something like that, or you know mixed drink or something. But I don't, I really don't keep a lot of, uh, you know, liquor in the house, you know, a couple of bottles of wine. And then, you know, me and, me and the wife have a glass of wine with dinner or with dessert or something like that, if that's, uh, that's the move. But other than that, you know, I really don't, not a big drinker at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not really a, uh, a beer drinker, wine here or there. Never been a beer yeah. guy. Yeah. But for me, it, it is something that is a, you know, a, a social thing or even just a, just laid back, maybe, you know, time off thing to where I do feel like I am moving, 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 doing a lot of things. And for me, I kind of uh, look at my weeks and different things and say, all right, this is a week where I've worked out strength and cardio for 10 days straight. I've prepared all my meals. Not one meal has not come from anywhere but my house. You know, I have those type of streaks. So for me, it's more of a all right, I'm going to watch this Netflix movie. I'm going to let my hair down. I'm going to chill out. And that's kind of, for me, that's what that is because I do feel like there is a, a high performance elephant, high performance element. <laughs> and for me, that, that's kind of a let the hair down kind of thing. And if everybody's different, let's take a look at this. What exactly is happening when we have a drink? What's in the drink? What's going on with the body? If we can do that and kind of give people a better understanding of what they're actually doing, then maybe we can help influence their decisions in the future. So uh, what is in alcohol? Ethanol. So ethanol is the type of alcohol that is found in beer, wine, whiskey, all that good stuff. It's not the same type of uh, stuff that's in like rubbing alcohol. That's a little different. So uh, ethanol is formed by fermentation of plants. So barley, wheat, corn, fruit. It is not a essential nutrient. So in terms of uh, macronutrients, so you have proteins, carbs, fat, and that's where, we, that's where we get our energy from in terms of, you know, we say, oh, well, what's in our food we're eating in terms of calories? But ethanol is not part of that. So 
that's kind of why people call alcohol empty calories mm-hmm. because you're receiving those calories. It's seven calories per gram. Protein and carbohydrates will be four grams, four calories per gram. So protein and carbohydrates will be four calories per gram. Fat will be nine calories per gram and ethanol is seven calories per gram. So yeah, that's why it's called empty calories. When you're, when you're drinking alcohol and if you're drinking just straight alcohol, then yeah, you're just getting calories, but you're not getting anything that your body can do with. You're not getting any fuel from it. But in terms of having a mixed drink or something that is on the double whammy, because you know, if you're something that you mentioned, the mm-hmm. vodka and juice, cranberry juice, orange juice, whatever, people that drink a rum and coke, uh, something with soda, you're getting all the sugar, all those carbohydrates along with the alcohol. Rum and diet coke, Wayne. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody does their whole thing. You got all these zero drinks and all these different things like that. So that's what's happening when when you're putting uh, alcohol in your body. So when you're going to drink this alcohol, the ethanol is going to go through the GI tract, your gastrointestinal tract, and then it's going to go to your liver. And your liver is what metabolizes about 90% of this stuff. So uh, the ethanol that is not metabolizes can enter the bloodstream, but really what you're doing, that's why the liver is is so important. And that's why alcoholics end up having liver problems because the the liver is doing the work. So let's take a look at the measurements, right? You have your your one quote unquote standard drink. And this is going to be funny. How many people really drink a standard drink? If you go to your neighborhood bar, your friendly bar, they're going to pour you a strong one, right? If you're mm-hmm. bartending yourself at home, you're probably not pouring the actual amount. You know, it's like serving sizes with food. You know, it's, it's I had a serving of chicken, but was it really <laughs> the four ounces, the, the palm size thing? Right. Well, I had a serving of rice, but was it really a, a proper serving? So that's the same thing with alcohol. In the U.S., uh, standard drink, it's going to be 15 grams of ethanol. So you would have about 12 ounces of a regular beer, five ounces of wine, and then 1.5 ounces of a spirit, you know, vodka, rum, whiskey, uh, the hard alcohol. That's really the standard drink. And a lot of people are at home. <laughs> they're probably pouring at least double that or whatever. They're, they're, they're not normally measuring that. And even right. if you go to certain places, and they pour your drink, you might not be getting that as well. So if you're ever trying to track your alcohol intake, you really got to make sure that this is, this is accurate. Because if not, then your uh, tracking is not accurate. And uh, doing research for this podcast, uh, last night I had a glass of wine. Oh, that's what you were doing? <laughs> you were yeah, researching? Yeah, do some research. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay. oh, we want to talk about alcohol tomorrow. Let me go ahead and pour it up a little glass a little bit. Okay. And so, okay. Um, and I tracked it. And I, I put it in, in my, uh, my calorie tracker. And I did not realize, I probably had about two glasses, right? Because it was like the end of the bottle. And so I poured one and I was like, I asked my wife if she wanted some. She said no. And I was like, well, I'm not putting this last little bit back in the refrigerator. I was going to go ahead and top it off a little bit. Okay. So it came out to be about 200 calories. And it was 100% carbs. So it was like a, it was a Moscato. Yeah, sugary and you know all that stuff whatever but and so I, I didn't realize how much or how many calories was just in you know about six and a half ounces of, of wine yeah so just a quick little rundown you know the 12 ounces of beer or 12 ounces of like a regular beer you know around 153 calories a light beer 100 calories red wine Five ounces, around 125 calories. So you said you had two. So that's mm-hmm. around that 200 right there. A white wine, around 120. Going into the, the shot, that's going to be around 97 calories, 100 calories. Uh, champagne is four ounces, actually. That's 84 calories. And then some of these what are, have become more popular, these hard seltzers mm. and you know the, the Trulies and the White Claws and all that stuff. That stuff's going to be around 100 calories per whatever it is. I'd have to look at that. But in terms of just looking at the calories, yeah. So there's people who have a night out and they aren't really tracking. So they might have three, four, five, six, 
seven drinks and there you go. There's your calorie deficit that you were trying to create so that you could be losing weight and then you've defeated your, your deficit right there. And that's just the calories. And there's so much more to it than the calories. And we'll get into that. <laughs> Sidebar. That, I don't mean to get us off track. But when we're growing up, do you remember the drink that was the caffeine and the alcohol combined in a can? What was it Four Loco? Four Loco, yes. Oh. Before that, before or not before, around the same time, there was like a juice as well. Oh. J-O-O-S-E. Yeah, that was, oh. that was terrible. They actually had to change it. They changed <laughs> uh, whatever they were serving because that was... They, that they was, was trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely were. That it was, was people, crazy. It was people walling out after that. That that was that was the uh, college age, mm-hmm. or you know, yeah, low, our parents, bu- low budget choice of drink. Right. <laughs> our parents had Boone's Farm and wine coolers. We had Four Loco and juice. Yeah, yeah, they crazy. Asked, that's crazy. Yeah, the Four Loco they changed that, and it was like, man, you better not drink two cans of that. <laughs> you gonna you gonna wake up in Wonderland? You gonna know where you at? <laughs> oh man. In Wonderland, yeah, yeah, that was that was wild. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to. I don't even know the calories in that. I don't even <laughs> look. That was back then when it didn't matter, you know. When it didn't matter, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. for local, that's why I was four hundred. Yeah, no, right. That, was, that, was, that wasn't the reason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, well, let, let's continue on what's happening with the body when you are consuming this alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. So really, with your your body's first job when alcohol is presented and it shows up, is to get rid of it. So when you drink, your body is basically trying to put all, it puts all the other food, all the other things, the carbs and fat on the back burner. And it's like, I need to metabolize alcohol first. So when that's happening, that's your body's immediate priority. So there's an analogy I like to use. Everybody here has been to some type of, everybody here, me and you, Everybody listening <laughs> has been to some type of a nightclub or evening establishment, whatever, right? And there is a general admission. There's people who can buy tables via, you know, their VIP or, you know, they've contacted the establishment to say, this is what I want to do. And then there's also people that are just maybe high celebrity type people who have the cachet to walk in as they please. And they're not mm-hmm. going to wait in line as the common folk, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you're a regular person in line. And what we'll say is the club in this analogy is your, your body's liver to metabolize. So you've consumed carbohydrates, you've consumed fat. And we know that our bodies use carbohydrates as a source of fuel first and then becomes fat. And then very rare instances, we'll, we will use a protein. So you have in the front of the line, you got your, your carbohydrates. And then behind that, you have your fat. And the line is moving along nice and slowly, and people are getting into a club liver. Right. <laughs> club liver, hottest <Yeah>. spot. <laughs> hey. Hey, liver spot. <laughs> hey, no, all right. Now you listening. <laughs> <laughs> so this place is popping, right? But the line, the line's moving pretty slow, you know. But this is what's happening, right? This is your metabolism. Then the Lamborghini pulls up <laughs> and it's uh alcohol. He hops out, toss the keys to the valet, snaps a couple pictures, and him and, uh, you know, some, some nice-looking ladies walk right to the front of the line, and they walk right in. Mm-hmm. And you go, Carb, carbs and fat are going, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> but that is what happens. Alcohol gets priority. Alcohol is the celebrity. Alcohol is the person who bought the VIP table and they will be served first. Mm. So that is what happens. So it's not always just about the calories. What happens is carbohydrates and fat take a, take a, a back seat to alcohol. So while alcohol's in there partying, he's living the life, he's, you know, he's popping bottles, they got the sparklers going, you know, it's his birthday, he's, he's doing all his thing, you know, got the Instagram live going, you know, he's having a ball, he's having a ball. At some point, if you're, if you're at the way back of the line, or you're maybe not the people that they want in Club Liver, you're going to be outside for a long time, and possibly not get in, depending, you know, what city this club is in, right? Right. If your body 
it has put off metabolizing carbohydrates and fat, then eventually that will quote unquote turn into fat, meaning that that, that energy that is stored will eventually go into you know, pretty much your fat reserves. And that's kind of how people who are drinking the uh, food that they've ate kind of makes them fatter in the long run. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. To where it's not being metabolized. So it's sitting. And then the longer that we do have carbohydrates or fat that's sitting and not, it becomes stored energy, which would that, be that beer uh, belly is glycogen not- and uh, triglycerides. Right. Yeah. So that beer belly is not beer sitting on your belly. It's the food you were eating that isn't being metabolized the, the proper way that's sitting in, on your midsection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's about half and half. I don't know how much beer you're drinking. Right. I mean, if you are drinking a, a, a six-pack, 12-pack a night, then maybe yeah, it is just the calories adding up. But yeah, exactly. Exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying right there. So, uh, and, and what happens when you're drinking alcohol? It lowers your ambitions, and then you're more likely to make poor choices. Mm. And we'll, we'll just stick to nutrition in terms of poor choices. But what we're saying is you might start eating things that you shouldn't have to eat or you shouldn't be eating in terms of if you're at a bar, bar foods, if you're going to late night fast food places, if you come home and you raid the fridge, if you run to 7-Eleven or whatever, a corner convenience store is still open. These are poor decisions that you're making because you're under the influence that you probably wouldn't make <laughs> on, on, a, on a clear head. You know, that, that burrito at 7-Eleven doesn't really look good. But at 2.30 a.m., after a couple of <laughs> drinks, you're like, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. yeah think, think, about, think about all the foods that you enjoy eating while you're drinking or after you've been drinking like jumbo slice you know uh french fries those those like salty savory types of of, of foods those you know high and sweet sweet greens not open at 2 a.m <laughs> not that i know of i i've never checked i'm not gonna never checked you listen, can't get a <laughs> listen i'm gonna be transparent with you and i've never checked the sweet greens is open at 2 a.m it's definitely not yeah definitely but not. but you know ice cream yeah, I I remember my in the, in my college days, mom. If you listen, then turn this part off. <laughs> but in my college days, we would you know be, we would be drinking or hanging out or go to a party, some of like that. But on the way home, we got to stop at Sheets to get chicken fingers and fries. We got to stop. Yeah, yeah, you know we're gonna we're gonna go to Denny's at you know two a.m. and eat pancakes and and bacon and things. Shout out to the Waffle House, IHOP. Yeah. Listen, all yep. all that. Yep. You got we want to consume those things cuz on a regular day at 2 a.m. you're not doing that. But the, uh, the, we don't want the party to stop, right? So what what else can we do? What else can we get into? Yeah, and those are usually the only things that are available right. at that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you know, you, that that is a, that is more of an age thing, but let's talk mm-hmm. about people who are in the ages of 26 to 32, 32 to 40. That's not the case for them as much. Mm-hmm. but it's what are you eating at home? Right. And you're probably still not going to, if if it's a social event or something like that, you're probably not eating a lot of vegetables or salad or anything like that when you are consuming alcohol. You're just, you're just a little bit more liberal on, on the food choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen that on the show, The Secret Eaters, and we talked about that on the episode. You've seen it right there live. These people mm-hmm. were raiding right their fridges. They were making... These these unorthodox concoctions of of, <laughs> of meals. And you're like, wow, those two things go together. Right. But it, it made sense for them at that time. Everything goes with alcohol. <laughs> uh, yeah, at that point, it, it did for them. <laughs> it, it really did. Also, in terms of uh, when you're consuming alcohol, it's going to affect your hormones. We talked about it. Yeah, so it lowers your in- inhibitions, right? But then also, alcohol has been shown that it it will lower testosterone. So if you are looking to build muscle, you are looking to be lean and you're trying to perform the next day. And this is going to be something, if you are a consistent alcohol drinker, that's something that's going to be there for you. You're going to see this and it's going to show its face and maybe not just the weight room, but in, in other aspects of life to where you're just going to have a lower testosterone level. And if you are a man in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and that is not the same level it was in your 
teens and 20s, then maybe laying off the alcohol will help you get some of the testosterone back and help you maybe perform the way that you want to perform when it comes to strength and conditioning. If I enjoy coming home, winding down, glass of wine or a beer or some type of cocktail, how do I incorporate that and not have it affect my health and fitness to a large degree, right? Is that something that I can incorporate um, at a small level and still be okay? In my experience, in terms of... Is that something I can incorporate in moderation and still be okay? I didn't like small level. Moderation and alcohol sound... When people use the word moderation and alcohol, in my experience being a coach, in my experience seeing people's habits and maybe seeing how it affects their ability to reach their goals that they've said, alcohol moderation is something that's subjective. Mm. Meaning that everybody's not going to be 100% truthful. They don't, some people don't want to be truthful with themselves. When it comes to alcohol consumption with coaching somebody nutrition-wise, you can never know the true amount that they're consuming. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean I don't believe people and I accuse people of lying. No. But what I'm saying is, if there's ever an issue there, it will be masked. There, There will be a mask for it. There will be a logging or tracking of food that is inaccurate because nobody wants to give an accurate portrayal of alcohol abuse. <laughs> and, and, and that's just something that's there. And it's the same for food. Mm-hmm. Because what happens for food, and, and I've, I mean, you've had this conversation. Let's say don't, early don't on. Don't put me out there. Don't yeah, you in it. <laughs> Got to use you as an example. Early on, and when we were uh, tracking food, and you would maybe have a, a week of doing things, and then Saturday would come around, and a day would be missing. Or a dinner would be missing. See, to you, to, to you, it's like, oh, this doesn't look suspicious. But to me, it's a big old red flag. Because for anybody that can log for six days straight, anybody that can log for a whole day, anybody that can log what they're eating, why is it that on a Friday or a Saturday or, a, you know, even if you did log earlier that day, you've chosen not to log at that time. It's just been omitted. It's just been swept under the rug. It's been thrown in the closet. And basically, you're like, it didn't happen, right? My, my phone died, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> when uh, you, <laughs> that's what happens. So I don't know if you had two slices of pizza, a whole pizza. You know, we, we don't know. And basically, it's like, oh, it didn't happen. And then next thing you know, the next day in the morning, you're logging again. And it's like, well, what happened at that time? I forgot. I forgot. I mean, I think I had a salad. I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so really what happens is people do it with food, but even more so with alcohol. If you're going to go out and people who actually are doing a social thing, whether it be a birthday party or whatever, and it's like, hey, log your stuff. Nobody wants to present a food log or a nutrition log where it has eight beers. In my years of training, I've never received one. I've never received one where it says eight Miller Lights, eight Michelobes. And am I naive to think that I've never trained a person who's never had eight beers in a sitting? Or not in a sitting, but maybe in a day? Am I naive to think that I've never had a person who's drank a whole bottle of wine? Either it gets, it, it gets omitted or... There is a, a lower number that's tracked. Oh, I had two glasses. Maybe you drank the whole bottle. Oh, I had two beers. Maybe it was four. Maybe it was two beers and then on your way out of the bar, your best friend bought you a shot. Then you had the shot. And then, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, these things happen, especially when alcohol is involved. Now, if you, quote unquote, forgot, whatever. But what I'm saying is these logs, you're not, it's not about me monitoring somebody. But it's about trying to get the client to learn what alcohol is doing to them and to learn their patterns and to really see what a whole day looks like if you're going to have a, a large consumption. Because there are some people that, I mean, and that's fine. It's your, that's their prerogative. Hey, they're taking an Uber. They're, they're having an event at a family thing or a wedding or whatever, and they want to let their hair down. By all means, 
But if you're going to consume an excess, you need to at least one day look it in the eye and say, this is what it looks like. And if we go by those calories that we talked about in terms of uh, a lot of those drinks are about 100 calories a pop, right? So if you have one of these long days, and we're not even talking about margaritas and some of these other drinks that incorporate simple syrups and mojitos and all these things, right? So whatever combination of these things that you're having, if you choose not to really look at it and say, this is what I'm doing, you might be getting 800, 900 calories just from alcohol. And then, of course, if it's mixed or something like that, you're going to be getting sugar, carbohydrates with it. But if you don't know that and you never choose to, to really look yourself in the mirror and say, this is what I'm doing to myself, you never know. And you're always going to be one of those people that goes, it wasn't that bad. I had a little bit. It's okay. But if you really take a look at your day and you go, I'm supposed to have a 300 to 500 calorie deficit so that I can lose the weight that I want to lose, lose the body fat that I want to lose. And then you go get 800 calories in alcohol, then you're going to have to look yourself and go, all right, this is something that I can't do. Even if it's not consistently, you it'll open your eyes and you'll go, okay, that that's probably not the best thing. Right. And don't and don't try to live on that on that line where, all right, well, if I'm on a two thousand calorie diet, well, I'll do the eight hundred calories of alcohol and then twelve hundred calories of food. Don't don't live don't live on that line. That's not where you want to be. No, 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 no. That and that that's that's really tough right there. Yeah, and it's a slippery slope. So kind of what what I'm saying with that is, as a coach, I never really know. I can only suggest some things and let's do this. What are, what are some of the better things to drink if you do uh, feel like drinking? And maybe what are some strategies when you are in a, a drinking environment? In terms of my, my alcohol consumption, it's pretty limited selection. I will do a vodka soda or I will do a When you heart. say soda, you mean like club soda? Correct. Correct. Okay. Club soda. Or it's funny, I actually went somewhere and I think it was like a younger waitress and she asked me like what type of soda I wanted. And I was just like, oh, mm. you, you don't know anything. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Oh, oh wow. Heart. I didn't mean Sprite. <laughs> yeah. But uh, because the... the... <laughs> Vodka and Fanta. I... <laughs> wow. You're like, what is this? Uh, oh, Vodka and Fanta. Wow. <laughs> So you have that because I don't want the extra calories of, and not even calories, really. Again, other terrible things that are in sodas. Mm -hmm. I don't want those in my body. So if I'm already making a poor decision <laughs> and putting <laughs> ethanol, <laughs> putting a toxin in my body, because my body does not want it there. As soon as it shows up, my body's like, get it out. I'm already putting that in my body. I don't want to double up and put in sodas. I don't want to put in sugary fruit juices, pineapple, orange. You know, when you, when you go to, uh, you know, get a table at somewhere, they always come by with the caress. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you go to one of these places and you get a, they come by with, what, three or four carafts of the pineapple, cranberry, orange juice. Yep. Yeah. Then, and you have to specifically maybe ask for something. Then also, then they get the Red Bulls, the energy drinks on ice. So really, unless you're getting that sugar-free Red Bull, and your mixed drinks will have a bunch of calories in it, a bunch of sugar, a bunch of carbohydrates, simple carbohydrates. So for me, I don't want that. I don't want that in my body. I want to minimize the damage of this experience. So I will do a vodka and, and soda, club soda. and then. If it's something more casual, so maybe it's like, I don't even really want to drink, but maybe it's like a social thing or uh, maybe in a friend's place, something like that. If there's one of those kind of like hard seltzers that's available, then I'll do something like that. And it's like only like 5% alcohol or something like that. But for me, not going to do the beers. That's going to be filling, very, very filling. <laughs> you end up having to use the restroom. In terms of wine, that's more of a special occasion. I'll be able to do that. But in terms of making those selections, those are going to be your best selections right there. And if you like other things than that, then you're going to have to really do the math and take a look and say, what type of damage am I doing? Right. Yeah. In terms of my recommendation is if you are 100% serious about your goals, you might have to eliminate alcohol altogether. If you have 
if you're an athlete, if, if you're an in-season athlete, if you are somebody who is trying to perform at a high level, you're training for a triathlon sprint or something like that, then eliminating alcohol altogether is going to be your best bet. And the reason why is because it's going to affect your recovery, mainly sleep. Your sleep is affected in terms of when you're, when you're drinking alcohol, you're not going to be able to get a quality sleep, REM sleep. You're not going to be able to. So it's not just about burning fat. It's also about just your recovery. And if you're not able to get quality sleep, you're going to wake up. You're not going to feel rested. Uh, you're going to be dehydrated. We, we're already dehydrated when we wake up in the morning and we need to drink water. But even more so when you have had a night of drinking. And the thing about it is this lasts longer than a day. See, you may feel back to normal by the next evening, but there are studies. Your body is not completely back to where it needs to be. It's just you're not really in a place to, to, to notice fully. But from a performance standpoint, it's not. So let's say you drink every other night. Then you're really not, never ridding your body of this, of this feeling and lowering the performance. So my recommendation, you know, you need to pass a, a fitness test. You need to perform. You need to just get rid of it. You need to get rid of it. And what that'll do, that would allow you to, one, it just takes it off your mind. You won't have an issue with recovery. Alcohol does affect your body's ability to metabolize protein as well. So if you're trying to put on muscle, alcohol is not going to be your friend. So all these things, especially when it comes to performance, your best bet is just not to do it. And if your goals are not that serious and you have more of a general fitness goal, then yes, you can incorporate a little bit more alcohol. And then you have to be a little bit more patient with your goals. Maybe you get to your goal in seven weeks instead of five weeks. If drinking a couple of nights is worth it to you, then who cares, right? But from a performance aspect, probably the best thing is just not drink yeah. at all. Yeah, I think that was my limited drinking. You know, it not being, but the fact that I don't drink a lot and it's very sporadic, you know, yeah. like I said, it's a couple glasses here and there. I think that, played a huge factor in my ability to, you know, to be down 130 pounds right now. Definitely. If you, if you are a person who consume alcohol regularly in terms of two, three times a week, that would have, that would have been a hurdle in itself mm -hmm. because think of all the domino effects that we've already discussed this episode that are associated with alcohol. Right now you wake up early, you get your workout in, you're able to stay hydrated. You're not making poor decisions, being inebriated. So all, none of those things are a factor for you. So then you can build and build and build and build and continue to get great momentum going because you're not hitting this periodic uh, speed bump. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that that's definitely plays a part. And I've thought about that before. I don't think we've talked about it, but yeah, there's people who truly want to unlock their best self mm -hmm. and, and and that is a, a huge part of what's keeping them holding them back because they can't get four days five days eight days 14 days 22 days in a row of close to perfection mm -hmm. and that's what people who have huge transformations that's what they have they they kind of get on autopilot and they do the right things over and over and over again. If you have alcohol coming into play, that's going to hurt you. And yeah, for you, to, for you to not have an issue with that or for it to just not be a, a big factor in your life is it really works in your favor. And, and there's people who, like I'm telling you, they want, they want to be their best selves. And it's like, yeah, but I have to go do this. I have to kind of participate in this. I have to have a drink with the client. I have to have a wind down with my spouse. I have to do these things, but all the effects that we talked about are going to hit them that evening, the next day, or they're kind of on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why, why can't I break through? Why can't I break through this plateau? And, and, and I feel like that's a huge part of it. So some of, some of the other things when you, when you are drinking, you're, you're going to weaken your immune system you're more likely to get sick. You're more likely to be not feel well in the morning. And then guess what you're going to do with your workout? You're going to skip it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Your, your day is going to be thrown off. You might need an Advil. That doesn't have to be heavy drinking. 
It could even be small, small drinking. Even people who have maybe two glasses of wine, two beers at night, their performance is clearly different the next day. Even if they are able to actually go perform, the, the level of performance is going to be that much lower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's just I recommend if you have a really high level, eliminate it altogether. I do have a, a program in terms of clean eating that I do provide for clients. And it's something that we've done. and you know, some of the other listeners probably are familiar with. Uh, but that's a huge part of it. That's actually number one. If you go back and look, that's number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So <laughs> we're talking about, uh, you know, a, a clean eating program. Number one is no alcohol. Because there are people who are walking around right now going, I can't lose weight. And they haven't gone longer than seven days without drinking alcohol in 15 years. Well, how do you know? <laughs> if you if you keep your body free of toxins, <laughs> you know, we talk about detox. That's a detox in itself, not drinking alcohol for 14 days, 15 days, 21 days. If you can do that and then all the other decisions that will be falling in line, that's step one right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of social drinkers drinking in the kitchen by themselves. <laughs> what what are what do those aprons say? It says, uh, Kiss the chef. I, no, no, no. It says, it says I, I cook with wine, and sometimes I put it in the food. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and those things aren't monitored. Oh, another glass here. Oop, another glass there. And then two weeks later, a month later, oh, I don't know why I can't lose this weight. What's going on? It's in the stubborn parts. It's in my belly. I, I don't like this. And it's like, well, that, that's part of it right there. Right there. Secret eating, secret drinking, secret sipping. Yeah, that's why we spent a part of that episode on on drinking. We spent probably spent probably about five minutes on it. And, yeah, one, let's, and like we said, that's that's one of the things that was my issue. It wasn't the alcohol, but it was the hidden yeah. calories in the liquids that I was consuming. And so, you know, and, uh, imagine if there wasn't if there was alcohol involved with that. Also, uh, it, it would just been it would been crazy for me. These liquid calories are definitely affecting us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's say you have a lower level of fitness goals. If you want to Friday night, Saturday night, you want to have a glass or two, that's fine. But you're going to you're going to have to learn how to incorporate that into your macronutrients and at least say, hey, if I need this type of deficit in terms of what I'm eating to get, you know, lose one pound a week or whatever, then I need to incorporate this wine or beer into it and then you can do it and you and you can overcome that you can you can actually be lean and there are lots of people i i seen a study you know how we talked about the fittest places in the world or mm-hmm. fittest places in the united states mm-hmm. and how arlington is uh pretty much has been ranked number one a couple of times and high up there well i seen another thing it was like this is the place where you see the most, I don't know, it was like athletic, high-performing alcoholics in the world. <laughs> because people who are doing all these uh, you know, fitness classes and doing all these things, you'll see it. Bike ride, and then they stop at beer. They stop and have a, a beer run at a, a bar or something like that. You know, there's all these different things that all these leagues that are around here, you know, the social sports, you know, people go play dodgeball and or even real, you know, basketball, flag football. And they're like, hey, we're going to have a meeting at the bar on Friday. Come by. So there's people who do incorporate alcohol into their life socially, and they are lean, athletic people. So it can be done. It just has to be in moderation. And really, I look at it the same way you would look at junk food, really. You can, you can go have pizza once a week and still be a lean person. You can still have Chinese, whatever it is that, you're, you know, that you choose to like that's not something that, uh, we've used this phrase before, a sometimes food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, on, Twinkies. <laughs> Twinkies. Wow. It, I mean, I mean, not I would, for me. I would, I would put that in the never list just oh, okay. because yeah, of. That's, I was thinking the same thing too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, that's never, never a Twinkie. Never a Twinkie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wanna, you wanna talk about science fair words on the ingredients. I mean, they, they got rid of those for a while, right? Whenever you say, whenever you say science fair words, I think about you remember those old ice cream commercials where the kid would read the back of the Briars and then the back of the other one would be like monodiglycerides and I don't remember that. But then, then briars would be like a you know vanilla bean of milk. You know, uh-uh. just, I don't remember those. Oh yeah, but go ahead, go ahead, continue. 
<laughs> yeah, so it, it is possible. It is possible, but it has to be in moderation, true moderation, and you do still have to have good habits. So maybe uh, in terms of somebody having, staying hydrated while they're still drinking, still setting your alarm, still getting up to work out the next day, uh, just not just not going overboard, just not going overboard. And, and it can't be a nightly thing. It can't be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. It has to be Friday, Saturday. And I really would recommend only limiting it to those days because depending on your schedule, but most people work a, a standard five-day work week. You can sleep in a little bit on Saturdays, not affecting your performance. Maybe you're still going to be active and work out on Saturday. And then Saturday, same thing. You can, you can do whatever you want to do. And then you have the, your next day, Sunday, to rest, recover, and prepare for the week. But people run into trouble when they treat Sunday like a Saturday. Mm. And then you go into Monday feeling pretty bad. And now your whole week's thrown out of whack because you treat a Sunday as a fun day. So you got to use Sunday as a recovery day, as a preparation day. And that's going to allow you to be, to be in the right spot. Treat a Sunday like a fun day. Okay. Okay. Amen. Like Bishop, Bishop Magic Don Juan with the words. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Absolutely. I mean, I, I try, I know for me, and Monday, Monday through Friday afternoons are normally like where I'm kind of really locked in. That's kind of where I was, right? But I really started to incorporate Sunday as more of a weekday for me, right? So now it's set through Friday afternoon and then Friday night. So now it's Sunday through Friday afternoon, Sunday, uh, Friday night. I can normally, uh, what's the word? What's the phrase you use? Let my hair down. A little bit. <laughs> I want to see you let your hair down. <laughs> yeah, I let, I let my beard swing a little bit. Uh, uh, Friday evening, pop a Smurf. Right, and then and then Saturday, uh, normally like Saturday uh, evening, I might do. I might let my let my beard flow a little bit too. But Saturday mornings, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no hair, no hair going down. But Saturday mornings, it's it's normally that. It's still the egg whites. If I'm going to eat breakfast, it's going to be the egg whites. It's going to be that whole wheat toast. It's going to be those types of things, right? And then Sunday, I'm right back on track where I'm prepping my food for the week and I'm eating cleaner. Um, yeah. And so it's for, for me, it normally may be two meals throughout the week where it's just kind of I'm not being as stringent on myself. Yeah, right. and that's 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 how you live reg regular life. That's real life. Mm -hmm. You're not preparing for a bodybuilding show. You don't have Game Seven of the NBA Finals coming up. So it's like, why, you know, why the hell can't you have pizza or ice cream or something like that periodically? Because you do enjoy those things. It's a social thing. And uh, I guess what what we can take that into is a uh, the social pressures of alcohol. Meaning, if you are part of a group or part of even a relationship that is consuming alcohol at a rate that is too much for you and you want to make a change, there has to be strategies put in place. Because if you go with the flow of what somebody else is doing, whether it be food, because my quote is, if you want to look like somebody, eat like them. Really think about that. Unfortunately, there are people have inherited unhealthy nutrition choices. They have developed unhealthy nutrition habits and they got them from home parents, family, maybe even best friends, whatever in their circle, right? Your dad drank two beers with dinner? Growing we're, just up, about, we're just talking about nutrition, even. Yeah. yeah. But And then you find yourself looking more and more like that person. Mm -hmm. It's because you're doing what they're doing. You're essentially following their program. You need to break free and say, I can't follow your program because and you don't, you probably don't want to say this literally to them. I don't want to look like you, but you need to tell that you need to tell yourself that I don't want to look like this person. So I'm not going to eat like them. I'm not going to drink like them. And you can do the flip side. If you do want to look like somebody in terms of you have a, a goal or something like that, and you know that they do healthy things, then you should eat like them. You should drink like them. You should go, Hey, how many, how many days a week do you consume alcohol? Huh? And they go, eh, rarely, maybe once a week, three times a month. Yeah. When you see me, and you see me once or twice a month. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. And, there, and, and then you start scratching your head and go, man, I haven't missed a happy hour in six months. Right. And then I go home and drink. And then I have this. 
yeah, that's why you don't look like that person. That person plans for their day. We talked about this in the previous episode in terms of uh, planning for parties where you can go lower on carbohydrates during the day to where you could have more protein, vegetables, and then later uh, leave room because you know you're going to consume a little bit more, whether it be wine or alcohol, those empty calories. But now those carbohydrates aren't just sitting and being, you know, pretty much becoming fat. So yeah, take a look and say, I don't want to be like that person. I don't want to look like that person. If that person has, you know, the beer belly or whatever it is, the wine belly, you know, some people don't drink wine or drink beer, but if you don't want to, then you can't do what they do. You can't, you can't go to brunch with them every time and drink mimosas, you know, champagne, champagne and orange juice, five servings of it. Bam. Bottomless baby. Exactly. Exactly. So that's a rule of thumb right there. And that's something that I kind of keep in mind for myself. It's not really an issue, but you know, something early on my fitness journey that I, that I had to take notice and do this as well. If you're in a grocery store, look at people, look at their cart, look at people, look at their cart. If they're putting stuff on the, on the, on the belt, look at them, look at what they're putting on the belt. It's not always going to tell the story, but you will start, you will start seeing a correlation. So if you don't want to look like somebody, don't eat like them, don't drink like them. So maybe having some strategies in terms of uh, letting them know, have that discussion, say, hey, this is something that I can't do. I'm going to uh, limit myself to, I'm going to limit myself to one drink, two drinks. Then you drink water after that, or you space it out and you drink water in between each drink or you just say, hey, I'm not drinking. And then if these, if these people are your true friends or family, they're going to respect your boundaries and they're not going to do that whole tempt Enemies. you game. Yeah, they're not going to do the tempt you game to be a friend of me and say, you sure you don't want some? Come on, it's good. You're missing out. If they do all that, then it's like, why are you sabotaging me intentionally? Mm. You're not drinking at night? Exactly, that, that whole thing. Mm. Yeah, and if that's the case, then maybe... For you to truly get to your goal, you may need to remove yourself physically from those situations until that those boundaries can be respected so that you can actually say, hey, I don't, I'm not drinking. It's not what I'm doing. And when you reemerge <laughs> and they've seen the success you've had and they can respect what you're doing, then they can respect it because they know that it's worked for you. But uh, early on, it can be rocky establishing new boundaries with uh, the people that you've kind of had old habits with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You, you got anything else on uh on alcohol? Uh, do we want to talk about when uh, I guess like, if you if you feel like you have a, a issue or a habit or, or or some type of you know maybe yeah. you seek counseling or seek those into the, the whole uh mm-hmm. sitcom flash the hot, the hotline at the <laughs> right, end. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. If anybody's listening to this show and really needs help, please call. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. What I will say is when you are testing yourself, because really what a, when you're changing your habits, it really is a test, it is a challenge to yourself. You really want to see who you really are, right? And if you do find yourself not having the ability to make these changes and you're really struggling and you're not able to drink less than four nights a week, three nights a week, there might be a bigger issue at play. Mm-hmm. And if getting some help in that direction if getting some help in that in that place is best for you, then maybe you need to pursue that because then when that has when you have a better handle on that, you're gonna have a better handle on nutrition, getting lean and doing all those things. But if you Absolutely. if you, you can't do one before that, you can't focus on macronutrients and try to well, I always use the phrase, I'm gonna see how many Doritos I can eat in this low calorie diet, right? You can't is the same for alcohol. I can't see how many, you know, rum and cokes I can get, how many glasses of wine I can get while still eating 1200 calories, 1500 calories. It's not going to work. At some point something's going to give. And you're right. it, and because we just described it as more than calories. So, your body's just not going to work properly when it's consuming alcohol on a regular basis. So, if, if you're not able to really lower your consumption and, and moderate, then you need to take a look and say, what's going on? Is it a stress reliever for me? Am I too stressed? Do I have an issue with this? Am I coping with something? Are there other issues going on in my life that are 
pushing me to feel that I, that I need to drink? Are there other people in my life that are forcing me and telling me I need to drink? Do I need to remove myself from this group or these people? And if you really take a look at that and figure out what it is, because there's, there, there shouldn't really be a reason why you can't stop doing something if it's not a real problem. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, take a look at yourself. Are there, I mean, if, you, if I said, hey, go 60 days without drinking, I'm pretty sure you could do it. Definitely, yeah. And you've probably done it on accident before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's more so about getting those things and making that a priority. So if you, wanna, if you have very high-level goals, axing it all together is the best bet. If you have moderate goals, demoderation, limiting it to once, twice a week, two to four drinks maybe, depending on who you are and your size, and then really taking a look at calories, macronutrients to see where you're at as the best bet. Um, if you have no goals, then what the hell are you listening to the show for? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, but please, don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. Don't do everything but stop drinking or significantly reduce drinking. Don't try to take fat burners. Don't try to reduce your calories so low. Don't, don't try to do everything but reduce your drinking because it's not going to work. It just won't. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. Absolutely, man. Yep. Yeah, man. Yep. I, we, we had been putting this episode to the back, so it was time to, it was time to get to that one because I do believe this is a, uh, one of those um, fundamental episodes that are, that are really important and really needs to be discussed. So I'm glad we could break that down and hopefully somebody really receive some good information from that and, and put them in a better place and maybe improve their relationship with alcohol or had them go get some help or told them, Hey, I'm done kidding myself. <laughs> Time to get serious. Let me, let me, let me, uh, put the sauce down for a little while. <laughs> right. right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what, this was, we didn't uh, call off the episode number at the beginning. All right, so episode 16 in the books. All right, that has been Stronger Inside. Until next time. We out. Thank you for listening to the Stronger Inside podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, follow us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then subscribe. Make sure you stay connected with us via social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Stronger Inside Podcast. Remember, every like, comment, and share spreads the message of health, fitness, and wellness.